seriously popular. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yesterday, 12th January 2022, Gardaí from Tullamore Garda Station attended to an incident following a call from a member of the public. It is every woman's worst nightmare. Whoever is responsible for this will face the full rigours of the law. From the team that brought you the trial of Lucy Letby, this is the trial, Ashley Murphy. On the 12th of January 2022, Ashley Murphy, a schoolteacher, was killed in the Irish town of Tullamore. Her funeral was attended by thousands and many more attended vigils for her across the world. Joseph Pushka is now on trial accused of her murder. He denies the charges against him. I'm Nicola Byrne, Deputy News Editor for The Mail on Sunday in Ireland. I'll be in court every day reporting on the trial as it happens. And I'm broadcaster and journalist Caroline Cheatham. Together, we'll examine what's happened in court and bring you the details behind the headlines. This is your story to tell, not mine. Those were the words of Michael Bowman, the defence counsel for Joseph Pushka, as his client moved into the witness box at Dublin Central Criminal Court to give evidence as he protests his innocence to the murder of Ashlyn Murphy. Today we'll bring you that story and it's the first time the prosecution, the jury, Ashlyn's family or we the journalists have heard it. Joseph Pushka's story is that he did not murder Ashlyn Murphy, but he said he witnessed it. He said the same man who killed Ashlyn also attacked him, stabbing him three times in the stomach. He also said he had no recollection of making a confession to the murder. Welcome to episode six. Joseph Pushka takes the stand. Nicola, we should start today by explaining what happened in court late yesterday because we weren't sure at that point if Joseph Pushka would give evidence in his defence because 
you know, there's no obligation for him to do so. The jury have been told numerous times the onus is on the prosecution to prove their case. So it was a really tense moment, wasn't it, in court 13 yesterday as he took the stand at 3.34 in the afternoon. And Nicola, it was also the first time that we saw Ashlyn's parents, Ray and Kathleen, leave the courtroom. Yes, Caroline, we've mentioned this previously in the podcast that her parents have been sitting in the main benches of the court alongside many other members of their family. Ashley's sister, Amy, her brother, Cahill, and Ashley's partner, Ryan, throughout this trial, which is now in its third week. And as you say, this was the first time that her parents left the courtroom. All right, so let's go back to that moment when Joseph Pushka took the stand. So he was wearing a dark grey jacket and a pair of beige trousers. But his hair wasn't scraped back this time into that sort of neat ponytail that we've got used to seeing. It was slicked back still, but it was left down. And as he took his seat in the witness box, he was sitting with a female translator. And it was explained that she would be translating the questions from Michael Bowman, the defence barrister and also from Anne-Marie Lawler the prosecution barrister and also she would be translating Joseph Pushka's answers and Nicola several of his family members are now sitting in court. Yes a bench at the back of the courtroom has now been reserved for Joseph Pushka's family and that's been full over the last few days. So today what we're going to do is we're going to outline these various exchanges that we heard in court and as usual we're going to use actors to voice up what they said because as is in the UK we can't use microphones or cameras inside the courtroom here. Joseph Pushka was answering through a female translator so her words will be voiced up as well. And we need to start with what Joseph Pushka said happened that bright sunny day on January the 12th last year when Ashley Murphy was stabbed and died on the Grand Canal. He told the jury he left his home in Muckler at around 11.30 in the morning and was cycling towards Tullamore. He said he was trying to find his brother and when he was asked if he remembered seeing a woman with her dog, he said yes, he remembered seeing her near to the McDonald's in the town. So he was asked if he'd been following her because that's what she told the court in her evidence had happened. And you remember, this was a woman called Anne-Marie Kelly and she got very concerned about what she said was Joseph Pushka cycling very, very close behind her for quite a long time in the town and along the canal bank. Now, he admitted that he had been riding slowly and said at one point he lit a cigarette but he denied following her and he also denied staring at her. I was behind her. I was riding the same way and I was riding all over town. I had no intention of following anybody at all. There was no bad intention whatsoever. I was riding the same way. I was riding all around town. He told the court that he liked to cycle as he was trying to get fit so he could return to work. He said he had an injury to his back and he was on medication. And we did find out a little bit more about him this week. Yeah, we did actually. He said he had a really close family in Slovakia, although his grandmother had died two years ago. His uncle was still there, so he'd still had a link to Slovakia. 
and when he first came to Ireland, he lived in central Dublin with his wife and two children at that point. And it was in 2015 that he moved to Tullamore. And at the time when Ashlyn was killed, he was at that point living in a five bedroom house with his wife. And by then they had five children. He said he'd worked on building sites until he had that accident and slipped a disc in his back. Now he said he could no longer do sports, play football or work. He said he was on painkillers. The amount he took varied each week by the amount of pain he was in. Yeah, so we know that he was cycling that day and we know that was one of the ways that he was trying to get fit. And he told his defence barrister, Michael Bowman, that on January the 12th, after cycling around the town, he began cycling along the canal towpath between Digby Bridge and the N52 flyover. And he said at this point, he saw a man that he didn't know and this man started shouting at him. And then the man pushed him off his bike. That was when I fell down. He pushed me on the floor and he sat on me. He said something, but I really didn't understand what he was trying to tell me. And then he pulled the knife and he started threatening me that he would hurt me, he would kill me. That was when he pulled the knife and stabbed me in the stomach. He said the man who was wearing a surgical mask, like the ones people were wearing during the pandemic, he then stabbed him a second time. He kept shouting something. I really don't know what. After a few minutes, he said, a lady appeared. I didn't know her. She said something to him and he started shouting at her. That man stabbed me again. That was the moment he stood up and he walked or went towards that woman. While he went towards the woman, I stayed on the floor, lying down. He said the man and woman disappeared among the bushes to the side of the towpath and he then stood up. He heard shouting and moved a few metres from where he saw that the man and woman were in the bushes. When I came there, I started shouting and what I saw was that he attacked that lady. She was attacked. Then I shouted at him and he came towards me and I kept going backwards from him. Nicola, at this point, the courtroom was packed and utterly silent as Joseph Pushka continued his version of what happened that day. And what he said happened next was quite significant. He said after the attack, he saw the man running away towards Digby Bridge. And at this point, he said he went to help Ashling as she lay in the ditch. He said he got off the towpath and went behind her because he was scared that the man could come back. That was the moment that I fell into the bushes. Once I saw her, she was injured. I was trying to help her. I tried to use her shawl or scarf to cover her injuries. I don't know how long this was going on for. We heard that next he saw another lady coming along who we now know was Jenna Stack. She appeared in front of me and said something that I did not understand. I really wanted to stand up and pulled my leg really hard and shouted. The woman started running. I was scared. I was in shock. Then I was really stressed. He said he ran from the ditch where Ashling lay covered in blood and he ran into a field and he hid in another ditch for several hours. He told the court that he fell asleep or lost consciousness and when he woke up it was dark. 
He said he got a lift home and then he was taken to his parents' home in Dublin. And the following morning, he was taken to hospital because he said he started to vomit blood. At that point, Nicola, he was asked by Michael Bowman, his defence counsel, if he remembered speaking to the detectives in the hospital and later making a confession. But he said he couldn't recall it. We'll take a quick break there. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So, Nicola, Joseph Pushka was then cross-examined by Anne-Marie Lawler for the prosecution. And she made it clear from the outset, didn't she, that this was the first time she was hearing this version of events. And in fact, she said to him that she'd been dealing with this case for 18 months. And this was the first time she'd heard this story. And during some of her questioning, Joseph Pushka took quite long drinks of water from a plastic cup. We are going to be some time. I have had this case for months, and I'm only hearing about this now. I'm here to hear what you say, Mr. Puska, because I'm as curious as everybody else. You've had 18 to 20 months to come up with this story. You confessed to a murder, but you were actually witness to it. I need to understand your new story. Despite being the witness to a murder, you firstly confessed to it. You're saying you don't remember that, and then you told the guardie you knew nothing about it. You have concocted yet another set of lies for the jury. I'm not going to play games here. So she asked him what he was doing in the hours before Ashton was killed, and in particular she wanted to know if he'd been following Anne-Marie Kelly as she walked her dog around Tullamore and then onto the canal path. You were following a woman on Church Road, isn't that right? That is not the truth. Maybe that word is causing difficulty for you. Did you cycle very slowly behind Anne-Marie Kelly? You're in the habit of following women around Tullamore. She then asked if he'd been staring at her. Not staring, but I looked. Yes, that's a possibility. He said he was looking for his brother who was in Tullamore with his wife at the dentist. He wanted his brother to go home and get his mobile phone for him. At 14.17, you were at Boland's Lock. You were behind Anne-Marie Kelly, you weren't looking for your brother, and you weren't looking for your phone. So another big moment in court today was Joseph Pushka was asked about this alleged confession that we've been told he made to detectives in the hospital. And when he was asked about this by Anne-Marie Lawler, he didn't deny giving that confession, but he said he couldn't remember it. 
Caroline, he said he could remember very little of what he told the detectives who visited him in hospital. He did remember being concerned for the safety of his family, though. But Amory Lawler said she was more concerned about Ashling's problems. In terms of you trying to help Ashling Murphy, I want to ask you about that. I was trying to move the shawl higher to where the injury was. Was she still moving and alive when you were with her? Yes. And you say your efforts were towards assisting her? Yes. You could tell she was dying? Yes. So I take it, knowing she was dying, you were urgently trying to assist her? Well, I was trying to help her. Miss Lawler then asked him about the woman who saw him and Ashling in the ditch. You shouted at her? No, I was not shouting at her. I was shouting because I was in pain. Did you say to her, help, help? Or anything along those lines? Any words like that? At that moment, I did not say anything because when I shouted, then these persons ran away. Did you just stay there and watch Ashling die? I left after a few moments. Did you wait until after she was dead? I can't just help her because it's not in my power. I left. And you left and went and hid in a ditch for hours. Is that right? Not that I hid. I had no strength. I couldn't continue. You weren't trying to help her. There was no other man. Yes, there was. You stabbed Ashling Murphy 11 times and sliced her neck. No, it wasn't me. She, in a desperate attempt to save herself, scratched you. No, she didn't hurt me at all. I'm going to put to you that you've lied consistently in this investigation and you're lying today. I've nothing further. So earlier, Nicola, the court had heard that Joseph Pushka denied ever seeing or knowing Ashlyn during five Garda interviews recorded over the 18th and 19th of January at Tullamore Garda Station after he was arrested following his discharge from St James's Hospital. He was told that scrapings from Ashlyn's fingernails had been taken during her post-mortem examination and that material in the form of human tissue had been found. He was asked repeatedly by the detectives about the DNA found under her fingernails, but he said he didn't want to comment on it. He was also told that Ashlyn taught children in primary school and he said he had a son who was about to go into first class. He was also told that a post-mortem examination had revealed that she'd been stabbed 11 times in the neck and that she'd been murdered savagely in broad daylight. And he told the police during that interview that he understood. He was also told in the police interviews that Ashlyn had fought for her life and Sergeant Pora Canley told him when they struggle for their lives, they use their nails to defend. Now, during his evidence that he gave today, he also denied fleeing Tullamore after that attack and he denied changing his appearance by shaving off his beard after he arrived at his parents' address in Dublin. Caroline, he said he didn't remember what he told his parents or his brothers that night. And he said he only shaved off his beard because he wanted to see where the scratches were on his face. So, Nicola, we're really nearing the end of this trial now. We're expecting a bit more evidence next week and the closing statements may well start on Monday afternoon. At some point after that, the jury will be sent out to consider their verdict. And just to remind you, Joseph Pushka has pleaded not guilty 
to the charge of murder. We'll be back next week with more updates from the court. In the meantime, you can follow us at The Trial Podcast and you can follow me at Radio Caroline. See you then. <laughs>